The Lord be with you. Read it from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the apostles, Who among you would say to your servant, who has come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here immediately and take your place at table. Would you not rather say to him, prepare something for me to eat? Put in your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink. You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you. When you've done all you've been commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what we are obliged to do. The Gospel of the Lord. All of us are called to work in one way or another. Even before original sin, we see Adam tilling the soil in the Garden of Eden. Then after Adam and Eve commit the original sin, Adam is called to work and to earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. So work is part and parcel of the human condition. If you read through the Catechism of the Catholic Church, Catechism of the Catholic Church says that there are two extremes that should be avoided with respect to work. First extreme is to see work as a drudgery, as a necessary evil that has to be done. We want to avoid that. But the other extreme is that we can become what are called workaholics. Maybe you've heard that word. Workaholic. You know what that means is that work becomes an end in itself. Speaking philosophically. Work is not an end in itself. The purpose of work is to sustain ourselves and our family, as well as to develop the talents that God has given to us. So I invite all of you today, uh, examine your conscience on, on, your, on your work. I think all of us have to divide our work into three different dimensions. Because we have a lot of people here that are retired. Probably probably half of you are already retired. Does that mean no more work? 
And now we're just changing gears. Changing gears. So I would say you have to divide your work into the physical, the mental, and the spiritual. And then examine your life on those three different dimensions. Physical work, mental work, and spiritual work. Even you retired people, many of you, you should be engaged in some type of physical activity. Doctors will teach you this. You get older, you should even be more engaged doing some type of physical work. Otherwise, your muscles start to atrophy. Is that the word? (laughs) So, physical work, physical activity is important for all of us. My older brother is an orthopedic surgeon. And he'll always motivate those who have back problems not to just sit around, become a couch potato, but rather to to get some physical activity. Yesterday I was talking to my mother on the phone. We had a nice 45-minute conversation. And she said on Sunday she was swimming for half an hour. How many of you here are 92 years old? None of you, right? They said, how did you feel, Mom? I felt great. I said, you you got to get in there at least every other day. They said, you might win a gold... Olympic medal of a 92-year-old woman swimming. (laughs) Who knows? So that's physical, physical work that we have to do. I went swimming the other day for an hour and 15 minutes doing laps. It felt good. Tired afterward. So... Make sure that you're, you're not a physical couch potato. Because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that work doesn't mean playing video games. No way, Jose. Or playing tic-tac-toe. Get out there and... How beautiful it is to live in... California. I've lived in many places. This is the best year-round. In the middle of winter, at 2 o'clock, it's 74 and a half degrees. No complaints, huh? So, physical work. I'm going to ask you uh, a uh, provocative question. Many of you here have gone to college. Do you still have your college books? Yes, they, yes you do, and they've collected dust for the past 35 years, right? <laughs> Amen or oh me? <laughs> Probably that's the case. 
We don't want to allow our mind to go fallow. You know what fallow means? It's a good word that farmers use. Fallow. You know what that means? It means if you're working in the field and you don't keep cultivating the field, it goes fallow and what happens is weeds start to grow up. So instead of the plants growing, the weeds grow higher than the plants. That field is useless. Many, many people have a mind that's like a fallow field. So let's pull out the weeds. And all of us have a mental discipline in which we're trying, we're trying, making a concerted effort to cultivate our mind. Could it be that people suffer from dementia because they've allowed their mind to go fallow for a couple of cent- a couple of decades? I'm not a doctor, but I would say there's something in that. They say if you don't use it, you lose it. I used to be able to throw a baseball about 85 miles per hour. How about that? Now, probably only 70 miles per hour with the wind behind me. <laughs> and the re- reason is I have not, I haven't practiced baseball a long time. Before my Italian was perfect, now it stinks. But my Spanish is probably better than the Mexicans because they speak so much Spanish. No? So we have to cultivate our minds. That they say the grain material, right? So ask yourselves today, how can you upgrade your intellectual acumen? How can you do that? Because of all the gifts that God has given to us, our mind, our intellect is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to the human person. Tell you somewhat of a sad experience I had for a couple of years. I've taught confirmation for many years. And this year I'm teaching only the parents, but I've taught the young people for many years and I love it. But before we had textbooks, and I'd asked the young people when we're reading a chapter, to read a paragraph or two. And they'd be reading and they'd be butchering English. You know what it means to butcher English? It means they were tripping over monosyllabic words. <laughs> For me, it was kind of like this. Your finger on the chalkboard... For me, it was like a Japanese torture. I mean, I, I, I couldn't put up with it anymore. So I decided that I would always be the reader. Now, on the bell curve, those kids probably have the same intellect that I have. Probably. Maybe not, but probably, yeah. On the bell curve. 
But there's a difference between in native intelligence and education. Native intelligence, many people have, but it has to be educated. And that's what they didn't have. And I would say, you, the parents are responsible for not allowing them to cultivate their intelligence. So I wonder at the end of our lives, when we go before the Lord, the Lord will say, how much of your intellectual capacity did you develop? Ask yourself now, from zero to ten, where are you at? Good question, huh? I don't think any of us have arrived at the ten. Well, none of us are zero. I hope not. <laughs> We're probably in between the, the zero and the ten mark. Let's let's try to upgrade it and utilize our mind to absorb the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen? Then we're called to cultivate our spiritual life. You know, in the spiritual life, I'm known as the tough guy. I'm always trying to raise the bar up here. Keep away from Father Broom. He's going to challenge me again. I really want all of you to make a daily holy hour. Don't bow your heads now. I want all of you to make a holy hour. You can do it. There are 24 hours in the day. So one hour, what is that? Mathematically, six and a half percent? I mean, it's really not that much, is it? If you look at it mathematically. And I would wager that all of us waste at least an hour a day doing things that are really not that important. I would even challenge you good people, why not make two holy hours, one in the morning and one in the evening? Amen or oh me? Oh me, Father, huh? I think we can do it. Do you love God? Hello? Un poco. Do you love God? Put your money where your mouth is, pal. <laughs> Put your money with your mouth, that's a New York expression. Put your money where your mouth is. If you love someone, you want to spend time with that person, right? Hello? We love the person, we want to spend some time with that person. It's not like the Beatles. Hello, goodbye. Hello, goodbye. I don't know why you say hello, I say goodbye. You say yes, I say no. You say go, and I say no, no, no. <laughs> can't be the hello, goodbye of the Beatles. It can't be. We're two ships passing each other in the dark night of the sea, as the poet says. So let's examine our work ethic today. How are we physically? How are we mentally? Do we have a mind in fallow? 
How about spiritually? Are we really growing in our prayer life? And it's so true, my friends. Our spiritual life is like rowing a boat. You ever do any rowing? If you don't row against the current, you're dragged downstream. So let's make a current, let's make a concerted effort in our spiritual exercises, Saint Ignatius, right? To do all we can to cultivate our bodies, our minds, and our souls. May this be the motto of our life. Let's work hard in this life and rest forever in heaven. Amen.